Welcome to Tales of a Per Entrepreneur with your host, Dr. Biz, aka Jamie Reeves. Welcome to Tales of a Per Entrepreneur, a podcast that tells the stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. And if you're a business owner and parent, I salute you as they are two of the hardest things you can do, and you are doing both together. I'm your host, Jamie Reeves, aka Dr. Biz. And on today's episode is a guest who's a former Guinness World Record holder, a dad of two to Harry and Freddie and a husband to Jill. Ian Lambert is a businessman with three different companies in construction, interior design and has a damp roofing and timber rock company. He has a passion for adventure endurance sports, having previously broken the world record for the longest triathlon without rest. He's also done a thousand mile triathlon in 12 days and he's about to embark on another big challenge starting tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, will you please welcome the human version of a Lamborghini? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. That, good, was, good, a, good. that was better than the bio I sent you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, I only changed your words a little bit to kind of make them a little bit more <laughs> showbiz and pizzazz. So. so firstly, how the hell can you do all those big endurance things run your businesses and be a dad at the same time. How do you manage the time? Um, so I, obviously it's been like a progressive thing. So I didn't start out doing those type of challenges. I've sort of sort of built myself up, up to that over the last few years. Um, so in 2019, I was sort of, I wasn't really doing much at all with my life. Um, I had like a failing construction business. I still, I still had the two kids back then, um, but I just sort of hit a point where I got sick of my own sort of bullshit, as it as it, to say. And then uh, I started this sort of journey of um, this sort of fitness fitness thing where I got got into different fitness things, started doing different challenges, and then I just slowly built myself up to doing bigger and bigger things. Um, I got back into business after the old business sort of failed. And then I sort of got myself a coach, got myself a mentor, and uh, just sort of went from there, really, and just grew and grew and grew, I suppose, to, to doing yeah. sort of big, bigger and better things, set myself different goals, challenges. Yeah, so... It's, so we have it's, a coach and mentor that says a lot of the time physical um health mental health needs physical support yeah. so was that definitely the case for, for you that once you started putting yourself first and and looking after yourself more everything else followed suit and that was kind of a, a springboard to good things happening for you yeah so what so i mean what, one of the big changes is some, just something like scheduling so planning and scheduling for example so what you've just said there is like put, putting your health and fitness first for a change. So it's actually one of the things that I do. So when I'm when I do my like planning and scheduling now, like one of the first things I put into the schedule is my my fitness stuff. Yeah. People always say like how, like how do you fit how do you fit all that in? And it's like well, it, firstly like I value I I value it quite highly now. So if you value and as you know if you value something. Like you're gonna fit it in no matter what, but yeah. so when I when I do my scheduling, like fit fitness always goes in first, and it's not it's not like a selfish thing. It's just like 
that's your that's your like health and well being. So what, why yeah. why wouldn't you prioritize it so you can show up for the for the rest of the things in your life, like your family and your business and stuff. So I always prioritize fitness in me in my schedule. It's always in there, and I always I always get it done. Um, so yeah, that's that. If if I mean that's one way of like that's that's all I say to people and say how do you fit it in? It's like well, I I, I plan like, I plan it in. I make sure it goes in the, in the diary first. It's the old airline thing, isn't it? That they say fit your own oxygen mask first. Um, yeah. So that health and fitness stuff is is your oxygen mask. So what effect has you being a fitter and healthier person done for you as a parent? Has that influenced your young boys? I'd like to think it has influenced them positively. So, because again, sometimes when I do these things, I always. I always get a little bit of guilt as if, like, um, you know, some of, the, some of the challenges that I've done have taken us away. Like, the, the one I did in 2022, I did, like, um, a thousand-mile triathlon. I was away for 12 days. So mm-hmm. I was sort of guilty and stuff. But then when you see them at the end, they came down to down to Cornwall to see us at the end when I finished. And you can just see how, like, inspired they are by, by, yeah. what, like, by what Daddy's done and... You just you know that they're going back to school and telling all their mates that like daddy's done this and all that sort of stuff. And they all like, both the kids are really sporty and um, but me prioritizing fitness just um, yeah just get just gives you more energy and more you know you can give more to them. I'd, I'd hate to be the way that I was going back in two thousand and eighteen, two thousand nineteen, where. It was probably getting to the stage where I just couldn't be asked to run around the park with them, kick a football around with them, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, sometimes I feel like it's I, maybe I'm a bit selfish because I'm doing this long challenge, so I'm spending like three hours on a Sunday morning going out to do a training session. But then I think I still think it's like massively beneficial for for them. Yeah, I think so- it just rubs off on them. So with the 2018, Ian, compared to the 2024, Ian, would you say that you do more with the boys now doing stuff like park runs and bike rides and things like that than you were doing back in 2018? They were a lot littler back then. But yeah. I just, I was in a, I probably didn't realise how bad I actually was. Mm-hmm. Until you compare yourself to how you are now, there was just like yes. there was no. I was constant. I was always in like poor environments, like pub environments. I was quite quite a lot heavier. I was like five, six stone heavier than I am now. Um, boozing all the time. Like every day, I would have, I'd be having a drink. Friday, yeah. Friday afternoons, I would leave work early, but I. Would, I would tell the missus I was still at work, but I wouldn't be able to be at the pub. Yeah. So it was all it was all that sort of stuff was going on. Like all it wasn't just a Friday either, it was like all the time. Um so com- like me compared to back then to now was like chalk and cheese really. Um Do you think I that kind on, of goes with the construction industry though? Yeah, big 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 time, yeah. The, the construction industry is like there's so so much of that there. I think it's one of the highest industries for like sort of suicide and stuff like that. Um, 
it's just if, if you if you get roped into that side of things, yeah, it's it's quite it's it's not a great industry for 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 yeah, for alcohol and drug abuse and depression and all that sort of stuff. So, how did you sort of still build a big construction company like you've you've built over the last few years? How did you make that change then from kind of being? It sounds like you were one of the boys. Um, out on the lash on the Friday afternoon, kicked up the, the, the doors early to then making the change to being kind of somebody, I, I see all your challenges and th- things and I, I go to the gym a few times a week, but I get tired just looking at your stuff, never mind trying to attempt it. So it, how did you kind of get to that? It's really hard because you sort of have to change your identity so and it, and it's hard to it's hard to leave that identity so I, I was one of the boys like when I was when I had my other building company I was just in there working with them and then you'd go to the pub after work and all that sort of stuff and it, and they would even though you you might have been their boss you were still just one of the one of the lads at work that's yeah that that's like the environment that you you're putting yourself in so I used to just I was quite comfortable in that environment of graphing with it with the lads at work, going to the pub after work. It's just so that was my environment. But then it, it, the biggest thing that changed was when when I met uh, like Paul Morton, which is how we we know each other. Yeah, it was what what, what changed was my the environments I was putting myself in. So I was just being surrounded by different people, people who were. Like playing at a bigger game, uh, businessmen who were already at a level that, that I was sort of started to want to be, aspire to. So the biggest change was the environment that I chose to like put myself into. Yeah. And then you know they all saying like you you basically become, you know if you if you hang around with five millionaires, the chances are you might become the next millionaire, but. It, That's it is exactly true. I was going to say, Jim Rohn yeah. has got saying that you become the average of the five people you hang around with the most. Um, That's exactly it. Yeah. So that was the that was like the big that was the big change when I joined Paul's programs back in two thousand and nineteen. Was just opened my eyes to these, you know, like new, new peer groups, different mm-hmm. environments, getting yourself out your comfort zone. I went. I went alcohol free for for a period, which it did it did as a huge favour. It was hard, but um, yeah, it's just that, that that was the biggest thing. The, the the environment. Yeah, who you hang around with matters so much as 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 you try and kind of become that that better person and that better dad. So with this new challenge that that you're taking on, tell me a little bit about that. What's it What's it all entail? So the new challenge, <clears throat> it's an attempt on a world record. It's another triathlon. Mm-hmm. I got I got into the triathlons a few years ago, and I, I really enjoy them. It, it helps with my uh, if if it's just running, I get bored. If it's just cycling, I get bored. If the fact there's three different sports, I quite I quite enjoy that. So the new triathlon is it's a total of four thousand eight hundred thirty mile. Right. So. The current world record is four thousand six hundred something mile, and that's split into like a run, bike, and a swim. Yeah. So, so I'm doing it in that order. 
I'm going to do the run first, then the bike, then the swim. Once you've started a discipline, you've got to you've got to finish it. So I'm starting the run tomorrow. Yeah, I've got I've got to finish the the full run. So the run's 932 miles. So I'll start that tomorrow, and I can't I can't get onto the bike until I've run the full the full distance. Then the bike's 3,728 miles, I think. So I'll start the bike and then I'll finish the bike and then the run's 100, uh, the swim is 170 miles. So I've got, if I do it inside of five months, I'll have beaten the distance and the time that it took the last guy to do it. So, and I'm still going to try and run my businesses at the same time. But that, that to me, the fact that you're taking on this challenge blows my mind immensely. But the fact that you're still going to be running your companies while you do this challenge is just kind of like my my head is just. So, so have you set up you have you set up the business to to be able to to do that so that because obviously while you're doing these things, it is going to take you away from the business and take some time out of what you're doing. You can't, we've all only got 24 hours in the day. We can't, can't yeah. do everything. So how are you going to be able to manage doing the challenge and running the businesses? So I've been working hard over the last couple of years to like implement things in the businesses that makes things run a bit smoother. It doesn't necessarily require like all my attention all the time. Mm-hmm. I think having a good, so there's a few there's a few things like having a good team is really important. And by the yep. way, like none of this stuff I'm seeing is by any means perfect inside of my businesses. But it's, I think it's always like it's just always a, a work in progress. I don't I don't think it matters where you are. So yeah, totally agree. So but some of the things that've been worked on is like build, building a team. So like work really hard to get people in certain positions over the last couple of years. Like the right admin team, uh, the right management team, all that sort of stuff. So that that's that's like that's number one. Have, having a good team, like as a business owner, you ca- you can't do everything yourself. You you know that um, you just can't. So you have to de- you have to be able to delegate to a team. The other thing, the other big thing that we've been working on is like systems and processes. Yeah. So. Basically, from and this and again, this is by no means perfect. But we've been working on like an inquiry system. So, when a customer comes in, how are they dealt with? Where do they go? Who do they deal with? Who does the quotes? It, like the list goes on, basically right the way through to completion. So, like systems and processes for for everything, we've been working hard on on that type of thing. Regular meetings is a big one for us now. You now, if you, I find if you have like. Even if you have one good meeting a week with your team, you can like iron so many things out, and it can save you so much time throughout the rest of the week. Um, and all this really is just like to allow me to, um, like sack myself from from certain jobs and positions, which in turn frees up a little bit of my time to be able to do other things. So, I'd say that that's those are the main things that are uh, going to allow me to sort of step back and 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 do this challenge. So, good team systems and processes, regular meetings, and just just making sure that I'm uh, I'm not trying to do t- 
too much because so, some things are like my team can do much better than what I can do anyway. Some th- mm-hmm. so, some tasks I just don't I just don't value. So I quite often see I'll I'll do that, and I just don't do it, and it's it's actually worse off. So. So totally get that. There's so many times I've done that within my business. But so you're basically saying systems and processes and, and making sure that you've got the right people on the bus has helped you create that false exit so that then you can do more of the things that you love doing and more of the things that you like to do. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, 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 it should allow me the time to do what, what I want to do. My... I would like my I like my role to be in the business to be mainly like attracting new clients, networking, uh, new business, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, it should, it should allow me to to pursue these these chances as well. But I I get business from doing these type, types of things as well. So yeah, I don't I don't specifically do them to like attract business, but it it do, it does help as well. Well, I'm, I'm guessing it's growing your profile, and more people get yeah. to hear about you, and more people get to know about you. So that that in turn is going to help bring more business on board. Yeah, I've, I've made just just from some of the previous challenges, I've made some great connections. I'm, yeah. I'm involved with the charity now, the charity that, that I always raise money for when I do these things. I'm now a trustee of the charity, and that that brings about different connections, and it's just all. It wasn't the original plan when I first started doing it, but yeah. So you've mentioned the charity, so let's give it a little plug and and explain what the charity is and and what they do then. So the charity that I started raising money for a few years ago when I started doing these challenges, it's the Dragonfly Cancer Trust. Mm -hmm. So I was at a networking meeting and a lady stood up and she's just told this story. She's she's part of the charity. She's told a story about who, who the charity were. Basically, they help families and children and young adults who are they basically like in palliative care, so end of life care. Yeah, it's mainly sort of cancer related, and I just thought at the time, well, I've got two little kids of my own, and I've just uh, tugged on the the heartstrings a bit. So I, I had a chat there. I was like, listen, um, I would like to raise some. I'd like to do something to raise some some money for the charity. So that's that's where it started. But and I've ever said I've I've raised money for for them ever since. But yeah, they just they just provide like it could be anything. So if you had a child and, and the child was in palliative care, it could be like cash gifts or sometimes the parents have to stop working, obviously to look after the child. So they money runs out so it could be anything like the washing machine the washing machine could break down they just can't afford another one so they provide a new washing machine but they also do things like the the child might um they might want a, a holiday with a family so they'll organize a holiday at center parks or some some of the older kids might want like a car day so they'll organize like, them a, a, a driving experience in a ferrari it's, it could it could be like anything but i just think it's like amazing so yeah take your hat off take my hat off to you mate it's a, a very worthy cause it's a, so it puts things into perspective when you when you hear about some of the challenges that like other people are going through you know when you yeah. when, when you think you're having a bit of a hard time and you're like actually it's it's not too bad 
yeah to, yeah so yeah many of the challenges that that we we have a, a mere bumps in the road can compare to to things like that yeah so when you finish the challenge then i, I guess you're going to have a, a new challenge arise a out of that from handing over the reins of the business for the next four or five months to, to most of your team and then having all this extra time. So how are you going to go about dealing with that? Have you given that any thought to, to what that's going to be like once the challenge is, challenge is completed? Um, I haven't given it any thought. Well, probably tell a lie there. I, ha- I have got some ideas. One of them would probably take us away from the business like completely for about 100 days. Okay. That would potentially be 2025. But I've still got, I still plan on being involved in the business during this challenge. Yeah. I think, I think it'll be a good test of how, how well, how good our systems and processes are and how good, how good the team is. Yeah. Which is, which is one of the reasons why, why I'm doing it, I suppose. I'm always curious to see how, how it goes, but yeah, I have, I have got some other ideas. Cool. It's it's very much like um, putting the. Have you ever read the E Myth? Um, no. I think it's by Gerber. It, it's basically you're doing almost like a a real life E Myth, which is testing all your systems and processes and make sure that you've got the right people in the right places and all the right things are being done while you're swimming jogging and, and biking yourself around I, I guess it's going to be around the northeast is that is that where you're going to it's be a, it's all going to be around the north it's all going to be northeast space yeah um, i'm hoping to get quite a few people in, like involved in the runs and the bikes and stuff mm-hmm. which is cost- so how, go on carry on sorry the the challenge that i did in 2022 uh when i went from the top of great britain to the bottom of great britain logistically it was a nightmare because yeah. every day I was, it was like a point to point. So I was like, I start nobody good, nobody good like finders or. You now it was hard to get anybody involved. I, did, I ended up doing the entire lot on my own. So All this right. one would be nice to get some company on on some of the stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how did you go from owning a construction company then to then having an interior design company? And is it timber? It's damp proofing. It's sort of damp proofing in, in timber care, timber rock, and all, all that sort of stuff. So, right. So I had, like I say, my, my first construction company failed in 2019. I uh, had a job for a little bit. Took a job. I didn't find employment was was right for me. So mm-hmm. I decided to give give it another go. So I've I've always been involved in construction. So that's been a thing for, for a long time now. Uh, so I just decided that I would give it another go. So I set up another construction company and I actually brought on board a guy who I used to work so I, I used to work with a, mm-hmm. a, a QS, so he does all our pricing work and stuff like that. Yeah. And then it's just sort of grown and grown from there. So I think the first year our turnover was just under a hundred grand. Um, in January this year, I'd already surpassed that in the first couple of weeks. So the, then that's just the construction company. So that's grown quite quite a bit. We've got a, a decent team now. 
couple of years ago, I was just looking around on the on the a site called Rightbiz. So I was looking for just looking at companies up that were for sale. Yeah. And there was an there was an interior design company for sale. So I don't know why, but I was just sort of drawn drawn to it. So I inquired about it. I spoke to the owners. Um and we ended up we ended up buying the company. It was it was always just gonna be like a Jill, my wife at the time, didn't really like her job. Yeah, and it was the only thing I, it was the only thing that I had suggested to her that she was actually like, oh yeah, that that sounds okay. So I was like, all right, okay, we'll go for that. So I suppose it was something for Jill to be involved in. It was something that we could offer as a construction company, so we can do like the full package. We also do like the interior design and all that sort of stuff. Um, and the two just sort of we do quite we do a lot of work together now, so it, it happens quite often where the interior design company will be doing the design work, and then the, the client will ask if they know, if they know a builder, so they can recommend a builder, obviously because it's, <laughs> it's the same company effectively, and then vice versa. We'll we'll be on a on a job, and the customer might say, "Do you know anybody who can do the interiors?" So do, it, they do work quite well. Yeah, so that that was that. So we ended up buying that in in two thousand twenty two. It was a company that was already established. It had staff and all that sort of stuff. So we've just sort of inherited the staff. We've still got the same staff. We all yeah. get on really well. It's a it's a great it's a great little team in there. And then last year, it was a funny story because a guy called Steve Green actually beat my. The world record, the one that I did, I, w- I went and I went and helped him with that. So I started to. You went and helped him. Yeah, helped helped it. So the guy, the guy who beat me last world record, actually yeah. got got. In, he he saw the. He saw something on Lab Bible about me, and the world record, and he he said, um, he, he thought, well, I, I want to have a go at that. Right. But as it as it happened, we both had the same, same coach like. Fitness coach, okay, cool. Which would, would which neither has realised. So <laughs> he went he went to his coach, who's also my coach, and said, "Have you seen this?" And he showed him like a a lad Bible post, and he was like, "Oh yeah, like I I coach him." And he said, "Well, I want to beat his record." And he got he ended up getting in touch with me and saying, "Like I want to try and have a I want to try and beat you Guinness World Record. Would you be interested in like helping us out?" And I just said, "Okay, yeah, absolutely." So. I actually went down and did quite a bit of the of the actual challenge with him. I love it. So he really appreciated that. So I um I get on quite quite well with Steve now. Yeah. And it's his it's his damp proofing company that I bought. Okay. It, it's his old damp proofing company, so it had all the damp proofing qualifications and stuff like that. Um. So again, it was like a, a ready made company that we've we've taken over. And yeah, it's it's the same thing. It's like another. It's another arm to our to our like business. Anyway, it's all it's all related. So we quite often get asked, "Do you know anybody how who does stamp proofing?" How was the process in in that learning how to kind of buy a business? Was it quite stressful? Was there certain things that you had to it, quickly learn along the way? Yeah, it was a it, uh, the first time was a massive learning curve. I had a few 
I'm not great with looking into the the finer details with things. So if yeah. you hand me if you hand me a big document, the chances of me like reading through that document are very slim. I have to I have to get somebody else to do that for me and then just relay the information. Yeah. There's a couple of times where when when we were buying the interior design business, I just hadn't hadn't read through the information that was sent to us by the solicitors properly. So that was a huge learning curve because there was a couple of sort of embarrassing times where we were sat in meetings and I should have known things or should have should have had things in place. Yeah. And I hadn't. Um, the the purchase actually nearly fell through a couple of times because because of that. But yeah, it was a, I didn't know how to buy a business is the is the answer. Yeah. All I knew was I needed a solicitor and an accountant. We spent a lot of money with a solicitor. If I was to do it again, I could do a lot of the the work that the solicitor did on my own. Yeah. Because I've got a good idea of the the process of buying a business now. But yeah, a lot of lessons and it was just a, a, a big learning curve. Did that serve you better the second time then when you bought the... The damp proofing company. Yeah, that was that was much better. Yeah, and Steve Green, he actually runs courses specifically on how how to buy businesses, take over businesses. Okay. Which I'm I'm actually on one of those courses, so that's helping again. So I'm just I'm improving my uh, my knowledge even more because one of my one of my strategies is to is to buy more businesses. Yeah, it's one of my it's one of my growth strategies. Are you going to keep that within the sort of construction-based world, yeah. or are you going to? No, we're going to, we're going to try and stay in the in the construction space. So, yeah. So, with your um, different businesses that you've got, have you tidied up the systems and processes to make them more like your original business within the interior design stuff and the the damp proofing? Yeah, we're trying. We're trying to sort of streamline everything. One of the big things I used to I focused on when I when I first joined uh, Paul's Elite X program, like the business mentorship, mm-hmm. was systems and processes, and just getting everything like streamlined. Yeah. So we've got like a we've got a CRM system now. We've got we've we've implemented that into the three different businesses, so it's it's they all use the same system. Um. Yeah, we're, we're basically trying to make everything the same. So, although it's three separate businesses, the systems and processes within it, within them, within them all, are the same. Because, I mean, the admin, the admin that we've got at the minute works between all three. Yeah. So, if we, if we had like if we had dis- different systems and processes for each business, it would be like a total yeah. nightmare for her and me as well. Because I'm. But yeah, we're tr- we're we're basically been working hard to to, to streamline everything. Going back to um, your your first company, you said it went went bust. Yeah, that must have took a. Having been somebody that's been in a point where you kind of nearly lose everything, and then you have to kind of rebuild. Yeah, that must have took a massive hammering on your self belief. How did you work that back up so that you're then confident to go and buy somebody else's business? Again, it was like it was when I joined. The coaching program back in 2019 i just realized that like previously 
I mean, there was no there was no planning. I never had any goals. I didn't have any accountability. I was always in that like poor environment, like boozing all the time. I just realised it. All, all it was really it was, it was like a mind, mindset shift. Mm-hmm. So it was just a case of, I mean, it, I, I had it. I went. I went and got. I went and got like an actual employed job. And I think that was that was a big factor as well. I was like, I, I did about six months, and I was like, this is is not for me. Like having to be at work at a certain time, leave at a certain time. I don't know. It just wasn't. It did. I just realised that it didn't sort of sit right with us. Yeah. And I wasn't. Just nothing like lit us up anymore. I was like, oh, it's just there's just nothing there. So it was just like the. I just. I just had to work really hard to get the self-belief back this. You know, if I started working on my mindset and stuff like that, like I, I can give it another go. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's just, I don't know, put, put, Paul Moore just said it was like, uh, you just you just need to start again. Like, it is, like, basically it, it is what it is. Accept that what's happened and, and learn from it and that- go again. I had a very similar experience when kind of I got rescued by my mentor. My mentor became my, my business partner for a while. Right. Um, and I was in this coaching group and there was a lady that turned around to me and, and said, you know, if you wanted to have the same level of business as what you had before, you could have that just like that because yeah. you've already been and done it. Yeah. So that, You've already got the knowledge of how to do it. In fact, you've got better knowledge now because you know what tripped you up the last time. Yeah. Um, when she said that to me, it was like someone had smacked me around the face with a hammer. Um, yeah. And from that, that was really kind of a pivotal moment for me that helped me then build back better yeah. um, and, and really start to, to to launch my business i'm guessing with what paul said to to you about how you should just have the self-belief and go out and do it again was a, a kind of similar moment for you yeah just lost you there a second but i got the i got the gist of that yeah a big thing for me now is like and i use this when i do these challenges as well when things don't quite go to plan which happens all the time it's just acceptance just thinking right like it is, it is what it is now. Let's just move on. Like le- learn from it and move on. It's exactly the same yeah. in business. Like um, because you get you get it in your head, don't you? If you fail before, you think, well, I'm just going to fail again. But that's just a story that you're telling yourself based on you on what's happened in the past, and it's it's not it's not true. Yeah, you're, you're right. Say- like, you, you've got to accept it. and You've got to learn. In, if anything, you're in a better position because, like you've just said, you know what you did wrong. Yeah. And that's going to help you moving forward. And if you fail again, you're going to be in, in an even better position to, to go yeah. at it again. But accept, yeah. acceptance, yeah, acceptance, it is what it is. Like, let's, let's, let's go again. Yeah, I've got a saying that you either win or you learn. Exactly, um, yeah. yeah. And that... They say that if you want to win more, then you need to fail more. 
because the more you fail, the nearer you are to getting that win and the more things you'll learn that will help you get to where you want to go. It's almost like failure is the building blocks to, yeah. to get to, to where you want to go. If you pardon the pun, I didn't mean to put a construction thing thing out there. But, um, yeah, there is the building blocks that will kind of help help you get to, to where you want to go. Yeah, I agree with that. And I, I can always relate back to like some of these challenges that I do when I'm doing like I can always relate, but like it's the same thing. You get the end of the challenge, you've completed it, but there's always like loads of failures with it within it. So within the training pro process, within the actual challenge itself, but it's exactly the same. It's like right, okay, what well, what went wrong there? Why? Well, so next time I'll try and do this to 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 make sure that doesn't happen again. It's just never. It's never like a straight line, is it? It's always, it's always, no. something happens. But yeah, yeah. It's, you just have these kind of little GPS moments, don't you? Where if if you set out in the old days, you'd have your your roadmap, your AA map, and you plan where right. to go to be. And if something happened along the way, if there was a a big smash on the M6, tough shit. That's just the way it goes. Whereas yeah. nowadays, you've got that updated. Like I use ways. Um, the GPS will take you around the roadblocks and, and get you there, and it's constantly updating. And, and to me, that's what failure is. Failure is your natural built-in GPS that constantly updates you. Right, okay, you don't go that way. This is how you do it. And you just go around it, and you just you just work it out in the end, don't you, if you just keep that determination and keep going. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. So with goal setting, you mentioned that's become quite important to, to your life. How often do you do that then? Is it something that you do um, just on a yearly basis? How does that work for you, Ian? So I always, I've always got like long, long-term goals. So I've got my like three to five year, but I call that, I would class that as like my vision. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily detailed goals. It's just very vague, like big picture sort of stuff. Yeah. And then I, I'll, I'll condense that down. I'll get a bit more specific with like my 12-month goals. So my, what I want to achieve... Which, which I'll always do at the start of the year in January time. So I'll always have what I want to achieve within those 12 months, which will always be related to my bigger vision. Yeah. And then I'll split them down into quarters. So what do I want to achieve every quarter? The way I do it is I normally have like one big goal in every area. So you, we have like five areas, so fitness, family, finance, focus and fun. So I normally have one big goal and then I use the, that'll be like a big goal for the 12 months. Then all my smaller sort of quarterly and monthly goals will just sort of be working towards that, if that makes sense. So I split my goals into, yeah, 12 months, quarterly, and then every month I'll have like, sort of five things that I want to achieve, which will be pushing us towards my quarterly goals. And then you just keep content. I just keep condensing it down into smaller and smaller steps. But that, that, that's basically, that's all that's it exactly is. Really, isn't it? It's, um, yeah, I, I always think I'm a big believer now in setting goals that seem unachievable. Okay. And I've like, I've, I've demonstrated it myself 
the last the last few years where I've done I've achieved things in business and fitness and stuff that I've always that at, at the time I would have thought well that's not possible like I, I can't do that I, I can't get my head around this sort of thing yeah but if you just you know if you if you chunk it all down right down into into the sort of quarterly steps monthly steps weekly steps daily daily steps and you just keep working the waters like you it then all of a sudden become starts to become achievable. Yeah. So what happens then when, if you've got a goal set for, for the month and you don't achieve it, how do you kind of cope with that? How does, how does your mindset work with that? I'll always knock that on to the next month. So if I don't achieve something that, that, that just becomes part of the next month's goals. Yeah. Or, I very rarely like just completely don't do anything. It might be I'll sort of rate it, so it might be like eighty percent done. Yeah. So I'll sort of chunk it up and see what which parts of it haven't I done, and that'll just get added onto the next month's goals. Yeah. But every single month, like I'll I'll do a little bit of a review. Did I achieve my five my five main things? Yes or no. Uh, a really good question to ask yourself is like. Is is that still important? Because sometimes it's sometimes you set yourself something to do. If if you haven't aligned it with actual, with one of your actual goals properly, I'll, I'll get the end of the month and think, well, why, why did I even why did I even set myself that as a goal? Because it's just it's not even aligned. So sometimes you just scrap them. So, sometimes yeah. you think it's if if it's still important, right? Okay, it's still important. That goes in the next month. I need to get that done next month. If it's not important, I just scrap it. I think it's really important to to note there that you need to be fluid with the goals that you set. Um, yeah. Because some people can get really stuck on, oh, I have to do this and I've failed at this. Yeah. And then they can make, make them feel a little bit bad, a little bit shitty. But like you say, you need to ask that question to yourself sometimes that is this still important to me? And if the answer is no, then don't be afraid to strike that off your goals list and, yeah. and move something that is more important uh, yeah. and like you said also about the goals that you don't achieve that if you achieve them a month late two months late three months late I- i've got a thing up there that's kind of almost 10 years late um yeah. but if you've got that determination and and that vision and that focus it will get done um yeah it's it, don't, don't beat yourself up either if, if, if i mean so there are times where sometimes you need somebody to say to you why haven't you got that done yet? Yeah, it's it's important, but yeah, I think that's a good question to ask yourself as well. You know, if you if you haven't got something done, why why haven't you got it done? Um, if it's not important, scrap it. If it is important, it just keep reminding like why why is it important? Yeah, because sometimes life can get in the way, can't it? And and shit does happen, and yeah. we have to put put things off and and put things back. Um, but yeah, asking that question of is it still important is a, a really cool thing. So we're coming towards the the end of the podcast now. Um, so I've got a couple of quick fire questions to ask you. Um, what are the three key behaviours you would like to install into people? Behaviours, consistency. I think it's massive, really yeah. important. Um, I think most people feel in the pursuit of achieving their goals be- purely because they're not consistent. 
And consistency doesn't have to be taking massive action every day. It can literally be just doing something every day that moves you a little bit closer. It could be the smallest whatever. Um, yeah. So consistency, just keeping the momentum going, I think that's massive. Um, goal setting, so many people just don't set goals. Yeah, that's really important. We've already discussed that. And just uh, the other thing I would say is get your, get out of your comfort zone. Like be prepared to do something that's going to make you uncomfortable. Yeah. Be one, of my, one of my biggest lessons last year was probably being un- being comfortable is not really where it's at. Being uncomfortable not. Is, is where it's at. Um, and I th- think sometimes we seek comfort so much. Oh, yeah. do this because it's comfortable. And yet where the true growth is and, and where we experience probably the most joy as well is yeah. is where we are uncomfortable, where, where we're growing. I agree. It's, I think it's massive. Like, um, yeah, get, get comfortable being uncomfortable. I like that. Yeah. So what was the first record you ever bought? What was the first record you ever bought, Ian? God, I don't know. It was uh, two seconds. First record I've ever bought, R.E.M. I can't remember the name of the, the album. Um, Shiny Happy People? Yes, or, or that's the people? one. Yeah. One of them? Yeah. Oh, good, good, still, I still love it now. <laughs> um, most memorable place you visited, where, where was that? Uh, Isle of Arran, a place called Lot Ranza. It's me. Oh, okay. Favourite ever place. Cool. And what are your top three books? If you could recommend three books to people, what would they be? Um, is it Pound the Stone? Oh, yeah. That, that's that's a really good book. Um, I'm reading Peter Sage's book at the minute. That's really good. I can't yeah. remember what it's called, actually. Um, the Inside Track. Yes, The Inside Track. And there's a book by Ross Edgley. I think it's called The World's Fittest Book. Okay. I I found that really, really good. Off, cool. that's, off, that's off the top of my head. <laughs> so where can people find you, Ian? Um, if people wanted to donate, for example, for, for your latest challenge, where could they do that? And- yeah, so... Opportunities you want to kind of shout out so that people can find you too. I'd love it if people wanted to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. I'll be doing most of the updates on on there. So Facebook is just Ian Lambert. You mm-hmm. should find us. My Instagram is just Ian Lambert five. Um, yeah. That, that, if if you wanted to follow my mad challenge that I'm starting <laughs> tomorrow, that'd be great. Cool. Thank you very much. Well, Ian, it's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you very much for for joining Tales of a Power Entrepreneur. Um, Best of luck with your challenge and speak soon. Thank you very much. Cheers, Jamie.